down and shut up! You're listening to Hostage Radio, brought to you by Adobe Radio and Nice Guy Digital. I'm your host, Denny LeClaire, and for the next hour, you're my hostage. About a week ago, two Texas brothers were reunited in heaven. About a week ago, we lost the legendary drummer, Vincent Paul Abbott, better known as Vinnie Paul. Tonight, I'm going to tell you about Pantera. This is actually kind of a sad one for me. Pantera was there for me in my early days of discovering music. It's the second concert I ever went to, and admittedly, at a 14-year-old age, a Pantera show was quite intimidating. Nevertheless, uh, it really stuck with me. They have an amazing presence. Each one of their members uh, has a personality that stands out and um, sets them apart from just a generic-type vanilla metal band. You have the two founding members, which were the Abbott brothers. Vinnie Paul, who I just mentioned, was the drummer, and he is known as one of the great metal drummers. Um, He's just very hard-hitting, lots of double bass, great. His brother, uh, Daryl Lance Abbott, which uh, he went by Dimebag Daryl, one of the greatest guitar players ever, in metal. He had a sound that was just very distinctive. Um, you know, kind of like you could say about like a Tom Morello or something like that, where you hear a song and you're like, that's Dimebag. And uh, we lost him over a decade ago. Um, and I mentioned this before on an episode where I did uh, about 90s metal, where Dimebag Daryl was shot and killed while performing, um, and his brother Vinny was playing the drums and had to witness the murder of his brother right in front of him. Well, last week, uh, Vinny Paul passed away in his home in Las Vegas, and uh, as far as anybody can tell right now, uh, it's believed to be a heart attack and he slipped away in his sleep. So tonight, um, we are going to talk about Pantera. Vinnie Paul had been in other bands uh, after Pantera broke up. Uh, He was in a a band called Damage Plan, which was with his brother, uh, Daryl. And uh, that's the performance that they were doing when uh, Dimebag Daryl was shot. 
after the passing of his brother, he went on to uh, form a band called Hell Yeah, which was uh, kind of a super group. The other members were in other uh, metal bands. But tonight, I want to actually just focus on Pantera. So Pantera had um, a lot of albums. It's kind of commonly known as uh, just having like five albums. Um, But there was actually four albums before that that are not all that well known. In fact, I was a Pantera fan for years. I mean, it was my second concert I went to. I was obsessed with these guys. And I didn't even know about the first four albums for many, many years later. And the first three of the four, they had a different singer. Um, That singer's name was Terry Glaze. And they started out as more of a, like an 80s hair metal band, kind of like a, like a poison or, you know, a white snake or, or whatever. Uh, not anything like what they evolved into in the 90s. Uh, in the 90s, they were known as one of the most heavy, just extreme like metal bands to, to really make it big. Uh, much heavier than, you know, your Metallica or Megadeth or whatever else was really big at the time in the metal world. So the first album, let's talk about that one. That one is called Metal Magic. And these two Texas brothers uh, started the band and they had their father actually produce this record. He actually produced the first three records. Um, And he was in the music industry, I believe in uh, country music. It's not the best album, uh, I'm not going to lie. But it's kind of interesting i like doing these evolutions of bands to see how they change uh as their career progresses and so if you if you know pantera and you haven't heard the earlier stuff uh this song might come as a surprise and this kind of reminds me of like a 80s movie like if an 80s movie needed some kind of rock soundtrack and played some song you'd never heard before this is might what they might be what would come of that. I mean, even with the classic '80s synth right there. Yeah. 
so I apologize for the low quality audio. Um, it's it's almost like you know Pantera just tried to pretend like these albums never existed. They're just kind of buried them. You can't buy them on iTunes. You can't stream them on Spotify or Amazon Music or anything. Just you know, if you want to get a copy of this stuff, uh, you have to get it from some other source. It's just like it doesn't even exist. And if you ever went to a Pantera show, there's no way they would play anything off these first uh, four albums. And to be honest, this is probably one of the better songs on this album. The song actually doesn't bug me that much. It's, I think it's kind of catchy. It's just uh, interesting, I think, that this is the same band uh, that played the song Strength Beyond Strength, which I played on the 90s metal uh, episode a few weeks back, which is just, I mean, just a hard-hitting, intense, you know, with the energy of like a, a thrash punk song, just really, really good music. Um, but we're going to actually move on because as great as that is, I don't want to focus too much time on these first four. It's just going to be more of a skim through of these albums. So the second one they came up with was uh, Projects in the Jungle. And this one came out in 1984. And we'll play a little bit of that one. This one is called Out for Blood. It's a little bit more of a uh, departure from that rock ballad that you just heard and more of a, uh, you know, an 80s metal type song. episode we are focusing on the Abbott Brothers and you might have noticed those are the two things that actually stand out in this the the drumming with that double bass Vinny's just killing it it's great I mean especially for this genre I mean it, it you know the 80s metal that double bass is really cool it's not something you hear all the time and Dimes guitar he's got a really good riff there that has a nice groove and Pantera was known as one of the greatest groove metal bands uh, and that's exactly what it is. They come up with a, a riff that just has this great groove, and it's it's kind of something that you can just move your body to, like in the sense of you know banging your head, whether it be slowly or fast. Um, but the Abbott Brothers are really the two things on this track that are good. So we are going to move on. We're going to keep just skimming through here. Uh, we are now at the third album. Now this is the last album that um, the original singer Terry Glaze is going to be on. And this album is called I Am The Night, and it was only released on cassette and vinyl. So if you have any digital copy, including the one that I'm going to play for you right now, it was something that was converted later. This song is called Valhalla, 
and it is the last track on I Am The Night. Again, it's really the Abbott brothers that are standing out here, and the drumming is even a little bit better than the last song with that double bass there, and that riff is great. I mean, those two guys are killing it. They're really the, the good part of the first three Pantera albums. Um, the singer just sounds like any other 80s metal singer. It's not, it's just not that great. And so what they decided to do is they decided to get rid of Terry Glaze. And they brought in their singer that was with them through the end of their career. And that is Phil Anselmo. He put out an album with them called Power Metal. And Power Metal is, is part, it's kind of grouped in that first four albums where it's like it almost didn't exist uh, this album came out in 1988, and this is the title track off of that album, Power Metal. And keep in mind that uh, this is the same Philip Anselmo that you're going to hear on the five albums that follow this. He still sounds like that 80s metal, hitting those high uh, falsetto notes. <laughs> just that same 80s metal but it is a little bit heavier 
uh, it might not be all that obvious, but um, it's just a little more aggressive with the, the way the drums kind of attack you. And Phil is just a little bit angrier. He, he's still he's still hitting all the, the falsetto notes and everything, but it is slightly better than the first three albums. Notably, this is also the last album that um, their bass player went by Rex Rocker, which is uh, also pretty lame. Everybody else kept their um, like their stage name, like Vinnie Paul and um, Diamond Daryl is what he went by in the early days, but it later got changed to Dimebag. But uh, after this album, uh, instead of Rex Rocker, he just went by his name, Rex Brown. So we have made it through the first painful four albums of Pantera. We are now to the five albums that is considered to be the Pantera catalog. This is in 1990, and they finally put out a, uh, a major. Uh, this is called Cowboys from Hell, and this one actually has lots of and lots of good tracks to choose from. It was kind of hard for me. One of my first songs that I fell in love with with Pantera was on this album. It's called Cemetery Gates. Uh, the title track is also fantastic, Cowboys from Hell. Uh, but we're going to play a song called Domination. Domination is uh, a crowd favorite. They continue to play it through their career up until the end at live shows. And it has a groove, and they are known as one of the best groove metal bands in the 90s. And so that's why I chose it. It also uh, has a much more aggressive sound than what they were playing on the other albums. This is Domination from Pantera off Cowboys from Hell. first four albums uh phil's voice is completely different he's lost the falsetto uh, i wouldn't say he lost it but he doesn't pull it out as much um later on he 
pretty much disses, ditches it completely. But the guitars are heavier, the drumming is harder. Everything about this is different from the 80s metal. And you can tell they took a shift to try to separate themselves from that sound. At the end of this track, there is just this groove that they move into and it continues through the rest of the song. And it's something that they use at their live shows, uh, kind of like a bridge between two songs. So they'll play a song, go into the domination groove at the end, and roll it into another song, kind of like a medley, like some bands do medleys of different tracks. Uh, but dominant, the groove at the end of this, it's just known to be something that the fans of Pantera just really love. <laughs> at the end if you think about it it's one chord it's just played in this strumming pattern that just really gets your body kind of like moving back and forth in your head bobbing up and down that is what groove metal should be it's also about this time they started doing um, home videos cowboys from hell that tour they started taking uh you know vhs camcorders around with them they started recording themselves and they put together uh movies that they could sell to the fans they could watch them behind the scenes and that was really cool they put out i think three of them and um one for each of the the first three albums of their you know official uh album collection um but that was like the first band that i had seen 
do that and it made me want more and there was lots of other bands that did that but that was the first one that I'd ever seen and it was really cool because you got to know their personalities Phil was kind of like the always I'm hardcore and tough and I don't smile or laugh and uh, you know it's always metal Dimebag was like the goofball who was like pulling pranks on people and just kind of always screwing around and just kind of the funny guy Vinny the guy that we just lost uh, last week was the kind hearted quiet like more reserved guy and uh, Rex was just kind of like I remember him being like a golfer <laughs> he would go golfing a lot uh, but you got to see these personalities and it was really cool as a fan to get to know these people that you were into the second or the sixth album depending on how you're looking at it uh vulgar display of power was one of their bigger ones and this track it may not be my favorite track on the album but it is a uh, pantera staple so we're just going to play this one uh this song is called walk also just like domination very simple it's not hard to play it's just you know the bending of a note and it sounds really cool and it has a nice groove and that's what people in the 90s were looking for um, at least those who were fans of Pantera and Dime when he would come up with these you know interesting riffs that kind of set them apart Sometimes he would write them in odd places. I remember reading in Guitar World um, around the time of this album that he always kept a guitar in his bathroom. And uh, when he was in there doing his business, he would uh, sometimes come up with his best ideas. Uh, Sometimes how people sometimes read or write in the bathroom, he had a guitar and he would... Uh, just play different riffs and try to come up with songs and sometimes 
that's where it came from. Also, notably, if you're not familiar with the album cover of Volker Display of Power, it is a picture of a guy getting punched in the face. And it's an actual picture. The guy got punched in the face. They paid a guy. And um, they had to do several different takes. Uh, so this guy got punched multiple times in the face so they could just get it just right and have the right facial expression. episode that I mentioned that I did a couple weeks back uh, one of the tracks I played is off of this album and that track was called Strength Beyond Strength this track is called Becoming and it has a really good example of the Abbott Brothers it's a really interesting riff that Dime is playing that has this high pitched squeal and it just is such a good example of who he is and his you know his unique sound and then you have Vinny, who's just killing it with the, the double bass, just echoing what Dime is playing. It's awesome. This is becoming off Far Beyond Driven. Yeah. 
So the meaning behind this song, Becoming, is about the band Pantera. Uh, it's about them becoming uh, what they were at this time, which was a huge, huge, like heavy hitter band in the metal community. They were massive, and their songwriting could have been influenced into writing more commercial stuff. And so it was them resisting that, wanting to stick to the metal sound, not worrying about being on uh, MTV or radio or anything. But now that they had become these huge, this huge sensation, they wanted to stick to their roots and stay heavy. In between that album and the next album, which is The Great Southern Trend Kill, that's when we started to get a rift in the band. Phil, their singer, uh, became heavily dependent on heroin. And you cannot function and be productive with that kind of a addiction. Uh, it ruins his, your life, you know, and it ruined his life. And it started to cause tension within the band. And when they recorded this album, they didn't even record it in the same studio. Phil did his uh, back home in uh, Louisiana, and the rest of the band did theirs together as a band in Texas. And this song is really good, but it comes in two parts. The song is called Suicide Note, and there's Suicide Note Part 1 and Suicide Note Part 2. And Phil actually died at one point. He was declared dead. He OD'd uh, and he came back to life. And so this is a song that is a reflection on himself. This is Part 1 of Suicide Note.
Compared to the other songs that we played tonight, this one has a very different tone. It's a somber, subdued tone to kind of show, I think, uh, the weight and the heavy subject of a suicide note. And it's just kind of depressive. It's beautifully written. I love the composition and the different layers in it and the, the music is it's just great. Part two is very, very different from this one, and it takes a shift and shows the chaos of suicide uh, and the panic and fear, and it is just a chaotic song. Uh, song. I don't think there's any other way to describe it, but I think it's kind of a clever way to write a song to show the two different uh, points of a suicide. Also here in the drumming, in the bass drum, it is uh, hit in the pattern of a heartbeat, which is also, I think, a nice little Easter egg in this song when you're talking about life. I also did not mention that the timing of this song, the album was released in May 96, that overdose when Phil died was two months later. And I think that's just kind of interesting. And right here, we are at the end of part one. And this is going to transition into part two. I actually love this song. I think it's really cool, the chaos that Dime is 
able to express with his guitar there during the verse and then when it hits the chorus and this little interlude here he slips into a classic pantera groove you heard Vinny's drumming right there but if you didn't pay attention to that you should go back and listen later because that was amazing So this is where Pantera peaks. Far Beyond Driven and Great Southern Tranquil are probably my two favorite albums by them. And where they are at this point, they're just not the same as they were in their early years. They're not that tight-knit group anymore. Uh, They can barely stand to be around each other. But nevertheless, they put out one more album to give it a shot. And it wasn't as good, and it's not because they were somehow not as good at musicians or couldn't write a song, or it's just that that bond just wasn't there anymore, and the songs just weren't as good. But this is the last album that Pantera ever recorded. It's called Reinventing the Steel, and the track we're going to play tonight is called Death Rattle. Oh, 
is one of my favorite songs on this album, but I also played it because I feel like it really spotlight Vinny's drumming really well. And he's really going to be missed. And before I did tonight's show, I went online and I looked at uh, just hashtags for Vinny Paul and the uh, just to see what other artists had to say about it. And he was truly, truly loved by other artists. And he was just uh, looked at as being this gentle guy in a very macho world. Everybody loved him. But if there's one good spin you can put on it, at least he's finally with his brother. did I skim through those first albums uh, rather quickly because they weren't all that great but also because I didn't have a lot of time and that is where we're at right now we are out of time but I think it's interesting to see that Pantera was a completely different band in the beginning not just because they had a different singer but because they were influenced by the Abbott brothers uh, early love of music which was kiss and van halen they were probably the biggest kiss fans that i'd ever seen and if you don't know vinnie paul very well if you go and you look him up online and you see a picture of him his beard he's got this he's kind of a barrel chested like big guy and he's got this black thick thick beard and he always would shave his beard in these elaborate uh designs and I always thought, knowing that he's a KISS fan, that he did that because it was kind of like the KISS makeup. You know how sometimes they had like whiskers or, I don't know, just kind of this black and white uh, makeup. It was kind of like the beard was his black makeup. Thank you for listening to Hostage Radio tonight. I really hope that you enjoyed Pantera's catalog, and even if you didn't enjoy the first four albums, I still think it's interesting and kind of cool to go back and look at the history of the band. The Abbott Brothers are going to be missed, and I hope that heaven is just a little bit louder now that they're there together. 
Don't forget, if you like tonight's playlist, you can always check it out on Spotify, the Hostage Radio Spotify account. And if you need help finding it, just go to Hostage Radio on Twitter. You could forget about the first four songs. They're not going to be there, but you can always go to YouTube or anywhere else you can find your random songs and check them out there. Once again, I'm Danny LeClaire. You've been listening to Hostage Radio, and I'll see you guys next week. You're not alone.